Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. So I have a question to start us out for this year that I want you to think about. A a question for 2023. I'm going to have to get used to saying that. If your life could be everything that it was supposed to be, and you could live out the fullness of, your, of why you're here, would it be worth getting messy? Would it be worth getting messy? So to say this another way, if your life truly has purpose that might not be of your choosing, is it worth losing your sense of familiarity, comfort, and control in order to have it. Now, I know you guys have that on the screen, but I'm going to read it one more time. If your life truly has purpose that might not be of your choosing, because we, always, we all want our lives to go a certain way, but may not be of your choosing, is it worth losing your sense of familiarity, comfort, and control in order to have it? Pastor John Tyson uh, Tyson recently told this story of two ancient monks many years ago, an older monk and a younger monk. And by the way, this is almost always the way these, these stories start. But an older monk and a younger monk having a conversation about the spiritual life. And the younger monk confessed, I'm in scripture regularly. I pray every single day and follow the order. I serve. I love other people. I do all of these things. But is there more? Like, am I actually supposed to go deeper? Now, for most of us, when we talk about being in the Bible every day, praying, serving, being part of the church, that's like the goal. So a lot of you, if you felt like you were in that place, you were crushing it. Like, that's good. That's where you're supposed to be. But this monk is asking, am I supposed to go deeper? Is there more? So the young monk wanted to know if he could, and this may be the question for some of you, like myself, Can you access more? And I will never forget this. The older monk says, if you want and you desire, you can become all flame. You you can become everything that God intended for your life. The fullness that you need to be able to experience and what it genuinely looks like to love your neighbor as yourself, and to sacrifice the things in your life that continue over and over to bring permanent damage. That is accessible. That is a real thing. And if you desire, you can become all flame. And I wonder today, knowing, not thinking, but knowing that this is accessible, do you desire to become all flame.
So next week is going to be important because we begin our 2023 vision series. That's when we're going to start really talking about what 2023 is going to look like. It's going to be called a mess worth making. But tomorrow we begin our 21 days of prayer, fasting, and devotion called Messy Faith. And as we prepare for our devotion and vision series, I would like to share with you how messy real faith truly is. I had a conversation in late November with our senior leadership team, and I told them for some reason with the growth that we had last year, with the work that God is doing in this church, I think that 2023 has the potential to be very, very hard for some of us. It could get very messy. So this is really the outgrowth of where a lot of that comes from. But as you look at this year, because how many of you have resolutions? You do the resolutions thing, or you have like a word or a phrase or something like that for 2023. Raise your hand. Just be honest. Okay, several of you. Now, maybe I'll ask you next week if you're still staying with it. Because a lot of times you're going back to the gym, you're going to start going to church, you're going to, be, you're going to spend more family time, you're going to invest in this, you're going to do these things. Your life can be different in 2023 in a way that completely ripples through eternity. And that's what we're going to start talking about today. All right, so I'm going to be in the book of 1 Kings, if you want to uh, turn there, 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 16. It's going to be on the screen up here. 1 Kings 17, verses 2 through 16. This is absolute gold today. All right, so this is what the Word of God says, starting in verse 2. Then the Lord's words came to Elijah. Go from here and turn east, hide by the Cherith brook that faces the Jordan River. You can drink from the brook. I have also ordered the ravens to provide food for you there. Elisha went and did just what the Lord had said. He stayed by the Cherith brook and faced the Jordan River. The ravens brought bread and meat in the mornings and then also in the evenings. He drank from the Cherith brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. During this period, there's a really bad drought. The Lord's word came to Elisha, get up and go to Zarephath near Sidon and stay there. I've ordered a widow there to take care of you. Elisha left and went to Zarephath. As he came to the town gate, he saw a widow collecting sticks. He called out to her, please get a little water for me in this cup so that I can drink. She went to get some water. Then he said to her, please get me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any food, only a handful of flour in a jar and a bit of oil in a bottle. Look at me. I'm collecting two sticks so that I can make some food for myself and my son. We'll eat the last of the food that we have, and then we're going to die. Elisha said to her, again, most common phrase in all of scripture. We've talked about it a lot. Don't be afraid. Go and do what you said, only make a little loaf of bread for me first, then bring it to me. You can make something for, your, for yourself and your son after that. This is what Israel's God, the Lord, says. The jar of flour won't decrease, and the bottle of oil won't run out until the day, sends, until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. 
the widow went and did what Elisha had said. So the widow, Elisha, and the widow's household ate for many days. The jar of flour didn't decrease, nor did the bottle of oil run out, just as the Lord spoke through Elisha. So early in the healing and prophetic ministry of Elisha, we see God give specific and difficult instructions. One could argue that this was a time for training, testing, and timing. Much like the place that you're in right now as you look ahead to a completely new year, it's a time of testing, it's a time of training, and it's a time of perfect timing. One could also argue that this was to see how messy Elisha was willing to get. So it seems clear enough that Elisha is willing to be obedient. He's willing to go the distance. He's doing exactly what God is asking him to do as he goes and drinks from the brook, gets his food from the ravens, and eventually goes and sees the widow. And as a result, we witness God's provision over his life, as well as what we'll we'll not read about today, but eventually see, and that's the miracle of this eventual resurrection of the widow's son. So if your faith is real... And if your faith is deep, it is going to be messy. If your faith is real, pistis in Greek, it means action on your part. Not simply a consent or belief, but you're actively... You see, a lot of you read the Bible, and a lot of you, like myself, you have your little devotional time, 15 minutes a day, you get your highlighters or your little colored pencils, you journal things, but I'm talking about the Word of God getting in you. I'm talking about transformation and change. And what you see on the page translates to the direction you take in your existence. If your faith is real and it's deep, it's going to be messy. Prepare for a messy year and prepare for God to do work in your life like you have never seen before. So today what I want to do through this story and for 2023, as we look at tomorrow, starting this time of devotion, is give you three realities of messy faith. And these three realities will guide you throughout the entire year if you allow. So make sure you're writing these down, you're you're taking pictures, you're going back later, listening to the podcast to get these down, because these can guide you, and they're not fun, they're messy. All right, but they guide Elisha. And they can guide you in your life. So this is number one. Our first reality of messy faith is this. Letting go of control is not optional. It's a requirement. Letting go of control is not optional. It's a requirement. And this is really hard for most of us. Listen to this. Trusting ravens as your food source is very messy. Trusting ravens as your food source is going to be very messy. Eventually, Elisha will challenge King Ahab and Baal's prophets to show the people who the real God is. Elisha orders the people to execute the prophets of Baal at Brook Kishon. Elisha will ask God for heavy rains to end this drought that it started. Elisha will eventually anoint Elisha 
A fiery chariot will eventually take Elisha to heaven. But before any of this can happen, Elisha has to show God that he is willing to let go of control. And the majority of people in their life, this reality never happens. Because there are certain things they are convinced that they have to hold on to. And listen, you may have been a Christian for a very long time. You may consider yourself to be a very spiritual person. You may look at other people and think, well, I've been in the church longer. I've done this longer. I've been in the Word longer. I know all these things. But you've still never let go of control. And until you really learn to let go of control in your life, this messy faith can never be activated. If you are engaging your life through the lens of a political party, or a, a cable news network, a TikTok video, an influencer, or a celebrity, patriotism, nationalism, or the distinctives of contemporary culture, I would suggest that you are bowing to the wrong God. And you will never experience what we're talking about with messy faith. If you want to achieve in life, if you want that six-figure income, or that seven-figure income, or if you're super ambitious, that eight-figure income, you can try that. You can try that, and you can see how that goes. If you want everything on your terms, everything exactly how your worldview is, everything, the time that you want it, the way that you feel like you need it, you can try that. A lot of you are in the process of trying that right now. If you want to create a God that believes the same things you do, you can, create, you can do that too. You can create that. But listen to this. If the pursuit of absolute truth is important to you, often it involves being fed by ravens in an unknown land under conditions you never would have chosen. No control whatsoever. God, what am I doing here? How did I end up here? What is going on? I don't understand what's playing out in my life. means you're on the right track. It means you are moving closer and closer to where the Son of God is, and it gets better and better and better. But by the majority of people in churches, it's simply left untried. Letting go of control. This is the heart of messy faith. Okay, here's our second reality, and this one is really, really hard. Listen to this. Nothing is predictable. Nothing is predictable. I'm going to tell you something. This time last year had a real good message planned for you guys. I was really, really excited about it. You know where I was? I was in a hospital room with my wife sick, completely unexpected, watching my dad deliver the message that morning, your first Sunday here. Nothing is predictable. And you can be a person of like really, really, really strong faith. You can be all flame. But that doesn't always prepare you for the betrayal. And that doesn't always prepare you for the child that passes away. That doesn't always prepare you for the breakup. Listen to this. Your water supply drying up. It's very messy. It's very messy. That wasn't predictable because God had told him what to do. You're to drink from the brook. This is what you're supposed to do. 
Very, very messy. Verse 7 says this, after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. There was no rain left. Well, that wasn't predictable. What is it that I'm supposed to do now? What do you do in your life when the rain stops? What do you do in your life when you've made this commitment to follow Jesus, to trust in God, to go forward? And all of a sudden, there are all of these unpredictabilities all around you. A church leadership breakdown. A church split. A broken relationship. Your job security. The health of your kids. The wave of of depression that takes over. The raise or the bonus that doesn't happen. Retirement didn't work out the way that you had planned. The dependability of your car, where you're going to live, what God is calling you to do with your life, the crippling anxiety, the marriage that becomes unstable. You might be a teacher in here today. You might be a nurse. You might work in retail. There's a variety of things that you could do, but you never would have believed that this year God is going to call you out to help plant a church. That wasn't in your plans. So everything in this life, when we make the decision to step over the line, the way that Elisha did and say, God, use me. I know that that's scary. I know that I could lose friends. I know that there are going to be things that I've wanted my entire life, or I've even wanted in the last six months, that are going to completely change. Because you must release control And you must understand that nothing is predictable. But this is what happens when you lose control. And this is what happens when you understand that nothing is predictable. You are depending more and more and more every single day on that brook. And you are depending more and more every single day on those ravens to feed you. And when it comes through, it is better than anything that you could have ever imagined or done on your own. Russell Moore said this, I love this, he said, for too long we've called unbelievers to invite Jesus into their life. Jesus doesn't want to be in your life, your life is a wreck. Jesus calls you into his life, it's a rebirth. And his life isn't boring or purposeless or static, it's wild and it's exhilarating and it's what? It is unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. Beth and I drive by this, uh, the old Watts Fresh Foods in Elizabeth, and the first job that I ever had, and I'm just like, I want to, when we drive by there every time after we have breakfast at Nancy's, I'm like, I want to buy that building. She's like, why? And I said, like, gonna, somebody's going to start a church there. And that may never happen, but it's like these things cross my mind. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Everything is up to him. Everything. This seems like security is in his control. You know what unpredictability is? It's messy. Trust me, this is coming from the most controlling person and predictable person that might be in this room right now. When I go to a restaurant, they don't even ask me what I want to eat. They just make it. There's a place in Kentucky. I was outside before I went in on the the, uh, phone, and I go there so often when I went in, my food was ready. Before Beth and I were married, I did my laundry the same day every day of the week. I'm that guy. Like I need, I need rhythms and patterns and everything to be the same. And I'm a little bit uncomfortable 
when things start to change. So living into this, God, what is it that you want for our lives? What is it that you want for my family? What is it that you want for this church? What is it that I am supposed to do? And it's incredibly messy. Turns everything upside down in your life. Now, this third reality of messy faith is probably the most important, and it ties everything together, and here it is. And it's, this is so good. So, so we know that we have to sacrifice control. That's, that's not an option. Okay, we know that nothing is, is predictable. But here is the third reality of messy faith. Your journey might feel confusing. Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I trust God with everything. But at least 50% of the time, I feel very, very confused about what's going to happen. There's not the kinds of certainties that you have when you're making all of the decisions. So your life might feel kind of confusing, but your destination will always be rewarding. Now listen to this. Going to the widow's house with a scarce supply of food is messy. But knowing, not thinking, knowing that the jar will never be empty is a miracle. And that is what you are choosing to live into. The reality of a life that doesn't make sense a good part of the time. But is always leading to this beautiful place. You know, I'm amazed at the amount of high school students and then college students that I talk to. And they're like, this is what I wanted to major in. And this is how much money I wanted to make. And these are the things that I wanted for my life. And they're miserable. And the people who have thought, I, I, I've met Mr. Wright, or I've met Mrs. Wright. I've got that person in my life. This is what I've always wanted. Now we're having their kids. But they just tell me, something is missing at all times. And it's because we're drawing from the wrong will. And we've never realized and lived into this reality of messy faith. Verses 12, through, uh, 12 and 14 say this, as surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I'm trying to tell you, Elisha, I don't have any food. I get it. You're hungry. The ravens are no longer providing. The, the brook's dried up. I get it. But I don't have any food. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a bit of oil in a bottle. This is what Israel's God says. The jar of flour won't decrease. And the bottle of oil won't run out. The journey may feel very confusing at times. You are going to lose friends. You are going to have people say things about you. You are going to be spending your money in ways that you never wanted or predicted that you would be spending your money. You're going to be making sacrifices with your time. There are going to be all of these changes, and I can promise you beyond that, emotionally and mentally, it's going to be very, very messy. But I think some honesty if we really want to be honest for just a minute, if we really believe that there is this thing called eternity, if we really believe in this thing called heaven, this thing called hell, if we really believe in traditional Orthodox Christian teachings, I think some honesty would probably suggest 
that for a lot of people that have maybe used the word God or, or Jesus or, or, you know, some spiritual language for a long time, that their faith has been kept in a neat little safe box. And for, for some of you, it's never really had the opportunity to get messy. It's never been activated. You continue, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're my age, if you're 40, 41 years old, and you can look at the last five years, and you can say, I'm, I'm still doing this, I'm still doing that, I still haven't forgiven this person, and I, I'm still walking with this grudge or this anger, I'm still doing these things, is, is, is there real growth? Is there something that's, that's, that's even happened at all? Or is it that there's this idea of this belief system that you have that is that has not had to involve any sacrifice whatsoever in your life at all? These are the kind of questions, if we're serious about our faith, these are the kind of questions that we have to ask. So tomorrow is a special opportunity for many of us to begin something new. We did this last year, and it was literally the catalyst for so many amazing things in our church. So tomorrow we start this 21-day period of devotion, fasting, and scripture. And God, just like I said, did amazing things last year through this. We're going to cap this off with a special worship night on January the 22nd at 6 p.m. I want to encourage you guys uh, to make sure that you're here for that. Messy Faith is this devotional book that was written by, we decided to do something different this year, written by some of the people that are in our church. And I'd like to encourage you, um, as we close today, to make sure that you go by uh, guest services right out there. We probably have like 15, 16 books left, something like that. Make sure that you grab one of those before you leave today. We've already handed, we've already handed a lot of them out. But you can make sure that you've got one today. And this is what I want to encourage. First, grab the book. Make sure you go to guest services and do that. This is a wonderful time uh, to get involved. Make sure that you're not only looking at a devotion, but that you're also reading the scripture. All right, so I'm going to say devotion and say, oh, Nancy Greenlee did a wonderful job. But instead... Make sure that you're reading the passage along with it because that's where the real work takes place. Look over the prayer and make sure that that is something that you're praying out loud. Number two, ask God to speak exactly what you need in 2023. Some of you need more faithfulness like what we're talking about right now. Uh, some of you may need restoration in your marriage. For me, my key word is, is unity. And what the, the reason that this is so key for me this year and, and being a peacemaker is because as I spoke to our team and I've shared with some of you, I feel like this year has the ability to get very, very difficult for some people. And the way the enemy likes to work is to take somebody that's sitting over here and somebody that's sitting over here and create splinters in relationships. So unity is a key for me. But at the bottom of the introduction page, today, just read the introduction. But at the bottom of that introduction page, 
what is it through this 21 days and what is it for 2023 that you really need to see, that you really need to experience? Maybe it's something that you need to pray about first. What is it that I need to be able to grow through? And then the last thing that I would say is this. Prepare for things to get very messy. Prepare for things to get rocky. Prepare for things to get hard. Because when you make the decision to surrender everything and turn everything over and you recognize, okay, all right, if I'm going to do this the right way, there is a specific commandment that's talked about over and over throughout Scripture. It's it's repeated over and over. I, I can't control my own life. I can't control it. Okay, once I turn it over, I have to leave it there. God has it. That, that's, that's not an option. Like if, if you want to if you want to play church, if you want to just looking for social connections or, or something like that, you can do that. But if you're talking about accessing real faith, you don't have control. The second thing, and I feel like this brings on even more anxiety, is that nothing is predictable. You may not be working the same job at the end of the year. You may not be in the same relationship at the end of the year. There are tragic and difficult things that happen that you're probably going to have to walk through. And then also you recognize that a lot of times things may seem confusing. And it's very clear that you're not flowing with the tide of culture, which makes things even harder. But that for you, child of God, that the destination is always rewarding. So this 21 days, as you, as you look over these passages and these devotions uh, with, your, with your friend, by yourself, I know with our community group, we're going we're gonna to share some stuff in our, in our group. As you look over these, or if you're looking over these by yourself, God is going to do some work in your life if you're paying attention. And you're willing to take these three principles and walk forward. So the way that, before we start our vision series, and we did this last year, the way that I want to close out today is I'd like to ask any of you in here right now that are willing uh, to just come forward to the altar. We're going to pray. If, if, if you're not able, then of course this doesn't apply to you. But what we're going to do is we're going to close prayer at the altar today. We're going we're to pray over 2023. If you prefer to stay in your seat, you can do that. Who's going to be first? It's kind of like in college. Whenever I have a student turn in a test, they, they, there's, there's Cody, there's Eli, there's Sean. All right, so it's like in, in college, I'll, they'll all be looking up like, when do I take my test up? And then one brings them up and then like 15 scatter to the front. So what we're going to do is we're going to lift up families. We're going to lift up friends. We are going to do everything to pray for conflict uh, to be released in our church. Even if you just want to sit on a front row or something like that, if it's a little bit difficult for you. Um, if you have a spouse, you know, you might want to grab them by the hands. You may want to pray with your kids, your, your mom or your, your, you know, your son, whoever it might be. And uh, we are going to lift up this church for 2023 for a work of God that we can't even begin to fathom in this time and place right now. Father, we come to you this morning knowing that as we pray that some people come in a little bit sleepy. Uh, some people come in with just so much on their heart, so many burdens. And I pray right now, Father, 
for those individuals, for those that are, that are confused about where they are, for those that are seeking deeper, for those that, are just, that just don't understand anything. I pray that the presence of God, that the Spirit of God encircle us right now, Father, and move us and transform us and change us so that we can be completely yours today. This year there has been there has been divorce, there has been addiction, there has been loneliness, there's been a, a, a lot of struggle in so many different ways. But there has also been new life, and there has been salvation, and there has been the good gifts of God. And Father, I lift up every individual that is part of this church right now. And Father, those that will become part of this church in the coming year. We know that you're good. We know that you're faithful. And we know, God, that, that, that droughts are pretty scary. And knowing that our food source has disappeared is pretty scary. And we know, Father, that there are so many moments of our lives that it is so hard to trust you. But my prayer, God, for every person that is a believer, that feels, God, the, the urge to walk away because of a financial decision or a bad relationship or getting offended by something, I pray that you work so deep in their hearts. And I pray, God, that you radically transform us so that the single mothers within earshot of this church and the addicts, and the poor, and the people that are going through absolute devastation and they put on that face for work or they put on that face uh, for Instagram. God, I pray that we are the salt and light of this community and that we are willing to get messy and that we are willing to do whatever it takes in order to reveal your name. I pray, God, for those this morning that have maybe kept God in this safe little box Say, God, I'm just going to keep you here while I live my life, while I try to figure all these things out. I pray, God, that this is the year that they go all in. And I pray, God, if it's, if it's day six with Lisa Wilson, or if it's day 12, I believe, with, with Tyler, or, or, or whatever devotion it may be, that, God, your word and the wisdom of the people, Father, that have went deep into this experience with you will shine a light, Father, into the lives of people that are taking part. We pray, God, through this time for commitment. We pray, Father, that whatever it is that we're fasting from, social media, caffeine, certain kinds of food, a food period, if it's a, or if it's a particular kind of fast, like the Daniel fast, God, I pray for res resilience and strength. And I pray, God, that for every urge to get back online or, to, or to, to eat something or to do this or to do that, that we're not drawn by guilt, but we're drawn by wanting to know you more. And that keeps us in a place that we can abstain. We pray these things and lift you up in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.